0: Jeremy Dove, and I'm here by Carlton to my will. Well, I guess I can say that the Jazzy Jeff, the Jazzy Jeff to my my Fresh Prince. You know, I mean, (laughs) like either way, (laughs) legendary duos. But my main man Thomas Senna, Thomas, what's going on, buddy?
1: Ah, things are good. I don't take. I like Carlton. I think Carlton Carlton. gets a bad rap sometimes. He's he's awesome. So so I'll take that. I'll definitely take Jazzy DJ Jazzy Jeff as well. So I mean. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, just
0: these are for me legendary duos. Yeah, legendary duos. And Thomas, I'm pumped because, like I said at the end of the last episode, let's be real, let's be frank, let's just let's put it out there for people, and let's get real. Yeah, bit. It's no secret that Will Smith has not had the best. The best go of it since 2020, I should say. It's been a rough few years for Will Smith in the, the public eye.
1: Sure, sure. It, he did win an Oscar. He did. <laughs> he did. But on that same night, we all know, yeah, you're right. So yeah. it hasn't been a good go of it, I guess. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: the fact that he won an Oscar, and I think no one remembers that. <laughs>
1: like, yeah. <right. laughs> I mean, you know? I don't, it's hard to blame people for not remembering exactly. it. Too, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
0: But there's something, you know those who have listened being from philadelphia and will smith guy from west philly that connection my mom taught will smith back when he was in high school so i always had to connect with will smith being from philly my mom taught him and sometimes it was just sitting there being like you know what for pop culture five it's been so rough for him but i i need i think the people need we need a reminder of why this guy was such an icon and so beloved in the first place, and to me, with all the great movies, the hit songs, at its core, it's this show.
1: Yeah, this is like part of the ground floor of why Will Smith became so beloved to everybody. I know I know. for me, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was was in the heavy rotation as far as like the shows that I watched and the sitcoms that I watched. So I was a heavy viewer when I was a kid of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, even before that, or maybe around the same time, actually, because Fresh Prince of Bel-Air came out. uh, The pilot was in in, around 89 uh, and stuff. So I think um, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince started releasing music, maybe 87, 88, Mm -hmm. uh, around that range. I I mean, when I was a kid, parents just don't understand. Right, Uh, right. Girls Ain't Nothing But Trouble. Like Those were like, uh, I used to see the videos on MTV. I used to play them when I was a kid. So I was familiar, like, going back to when I was nine, probably 10, I listened to DJ Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince and I was excited like, oh yeah, there's this this rapper that I like and he has this show. So it was like a natural fit for me to then want to be a frequent viewer or uh, uh, of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. He means a lot to me.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Same here. And I know for a lot of people, um, you know, I think sometimes people who've listened, when you hear just, I think about the Beatles episode and you talking about growing up in the Beatles household and how that was a a connector with you and members of your family. Talk about the Beatles, the same with this show. Like, you know, I said with my mom teaching him, my brother's godmother really taught him even longer. And, you know, her kids became tight with Will Smith. So it was like a lot of like family connection there, but it's one of those, those top shows that, you know, I, I have just one sibling, my brother and, Show that we bonded with from the start, from since I can remember. We both were watching Fresh Prince, saying all the lines, doing the Carlton dance, <laughs> you know, doing all these different things. It's too and it's,
1: bad that we're we're not a video medium because I would ask you, Deremy, to get get up and do the Carlton.
0: The thing is, you right know, now. I can do it. I can Absolutely. do it. I can do it. That was that was big time competition, man. You'd
1: have to play Tom Jones for you in the background. And oh yeah, you
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's how I know who Tom Jones is. Yeah. I wouldn't know him besides from this show, <laughs> you know. And it's it's just something that has stayed with me. I remember when, you know, now it's called Max, but, you know, when it debuted, it was HBO Max, hmm. and it was coming out. And some people may forget now that you know they hyped up because Fresh Prince wasn't on streaming. A lot of shows, you know, weren't on streaming. And it was like that was a big selling point was Fresh Prince of Baylor is going to be on HBO Max. But of mm-hmm. those who can remember, the rollout debut for HBO Max was a disaster. Like, it was not, right. it wasn't smooth, and I had had HBO Now, and it was all these different, complicated, if you have HBO Now, it'll convert, if you had HBO Go, it won't convert, if you have HBO Now, you're paying this price, HBO Go, you're doing, and it's all these, like, why is it so complicated? And I then somehow it's like,
1: had two different max accounts that i was paying for for a while until yeah i like finally was able to sort it out so you're not wrong <laughs> right
0: it was a disaster and then i was just like i felt like a barbarian because like it wasn't on my, <laughs> i couldn't get on my phone i couldn't get on my tv with the roku i had to watch on a desktop and i'm like this what is not even coming through good and so many times i was ready to be like you know i'm done with this and my one of my best friends robin loves fresh prince of bel-air just like me and she was like you got to hang in there for Fresh Prince on streaming. And I go, thank you, Robin. You're right. Thanks for that reminder. Stay, stay the course. Fresh Prince is coming to streaming. Don't give up. And that was really what was... Because I was like, this is just a nightmare. And like, you, if so many financial stuff. I'm like, this is weird. But Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is the reason why yeah. I kept HBO Max. Because I was like, I can't stand this. But I love Fresh glad. Prince.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you did. And this is a show worth, worth doing that for. I think the show, Deremy because I talked about DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince the music I think the show did a great job of capturing the the vibe of of the music and who Will Smith was essentially through his music and it captured that vibe but then it added layers to it so you still had the goofiness you still had but then but then they started adding layers of humanity and made it a more textured interesting thing but I thought for for fans of his music I thought it was a really nice bridge to the show because it was very much like his music, especially the early seasons, early one or first couple of seasons. Absolutely. So I thought that was a really nice connect to his music. But then the show, of course, was able to flesh some stuff out. And uh, the, for for me, that that's what I mean. I loved that vibe of Will Smith back when he was the goofy fun-loving and he showed dramatic chops i mean he's a great act he turned into a great actor absolutely Absolutely. but i love the original will smith who was fun-loving goofy watching these episodes some of these episodes it's just i i kind of in a way i kind of miss that will smith yeah yeah you know because i forgot he could just be joking around he could be like holding court the center of attention in a fun way and sometimes we forget about that side of Will Smith, especially given the last few years, Jeremy.
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely, and I, I, you're right. That what made Will lovable and what made him that future box office superstar, that bankable guy, was that personality he showed in The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and he showed the chops from the start, like you said. But you can see, and I think over the years noticing, but even doing you know a couple of refreshers for this episode of the podcast. It was like the progression of his acting. You just yep. truly totally see it and how he's, you see the chops in the beginning, but how he just gets better, you know, as the seasons go on. And it's truly remarkable. And I think another thing, I feel like since 2020 in COVID, I'm starting to see more appreciation for how groundbreaking and just how great of a show this really was. But for a long time, it was like a cult thing, and it wasn't I felt it was so underappreciated. And I also think about this, right? We did our episode on nineties hip hop songs and you know, that was such a fun one to do. And you look at the progression of, you know, fifty years of hip hop, I don't think it gets talked about enough. Obviously we gotta look at the music, the the songs, the the artists, the producers who took hip hop to that level, of course. But you go back to nineteen ninety And we had the success of the Cosby Show, so we had seen a black fan. But the Cosby Show didn't bring hip-hop to prime time. You know, A Different World was out, and that did a great job of showing what HBCU life was like, but it wasn't bringing hip-hop to the prime time. So, you know, 88, Yo! MTV Raps comes out, which is a big deal, but that's still cable television. This isn't one of the big networks, prime time on that classic slot right there. And so to have a hip-hop show starring the lead actor being a hip-hop artist, this young yeah. guy, and bringing hip-hop, you know, watching those early episodes and bringing those hip-hop songs on the prime time, where you know there was an audience who had never listened to rap, thought rap was crazy and all that, and they're getting exposed to rap. We don't talk about how huge the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was in bringing hip-hop to the mainstream enough, in my opinion.
1: Well, I think you're right. I think, And I think Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy Jeff were the type of artists that had the... The crossover, the sort of like you know, they they were, I guess, in 1989, people were still afraid a lot of, in a lot of ways of him. So you're not going to see like N.W.A. have a show on NBC no. <laughs> around no. that time. So Public Enemy, you know, Public was... enemy uh, you know, even like Eric B. and Rock him. They're not going to like have shows on primetime. K.R.S. One, I love all of them, but DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince were like the perfect. I guess, entry point for a lot of people to then start discovering hip-hop. And I think you make a great point. I had never thought about about it that way in terms of bringing, helping to bring hip-hop into to the mainstream. This show and DJ Jazzy Jeff and Will Smith were so instrumental in that. That's a great point, Jeremy.
0: Yeah, and just what it did to me and why I feel it, it's starting to get that recognition now, but for so long is to see, you know, I compare it to around that same time, right, The Wonder Years, which is a show that kind of showed the the generational divide within families. Mm -hmm. And The Wonder Years was a white family. So you have it where, which is something that I feel now, but I witnessed in my own family and other black families, is that generational divide of you have that era, that generation who grew up during the civil rights era, and then you have people from Generation X or even now to millennials and now Gen Zers. And you have those people from the civil rights era sometimes feeling like the young, they don't appreciate enough. And maybe that can be true to an extent. I'm not saying it's not. And then the younger generation saying, no, we do appreciate, but you don't understand how times have changed and what we're going through in our struggles today. And to me, the Wonder Years was great doing that, but that was a white family. So to see a black family kind of do that and you know, at the core of the show, there's so many great characters. We'll talk about them as we go throughout the, our list, but it's that Will and Uncle Phil dynamic yeah. that really is the heartbeat of the show. Carlton's amazing, but the heartbeat from the first episode to the last episode was Will and Uncle Phil and how they grew together.
1: You're absolutely right, and I, I and I, I know throughout this episode, um, I'll be able to share. How much I love and appreciate Uncle Phil and James Avery's portrayal, portrayal of Uncle Phil. So I'll kind of I'll save that. I'll kind of pepper that throughout the episode. But I'll, I'll just say I agree with you. And of course I rewatched like the pilot. I rewatched the the last the two part last two episodes of the series and a bunch of episodes in between. And yeah, Will and Uncle Phil. I mean that that relationship is like the soul of of the show and I just can't and I will like James Avery was just he does he he's talk about somebody who didn't get enough credit James Avery was just amazing so so I'm I'm excited to have a platform here to talk about like him as an actor Absolutely. that character in Uncle Phil and you're right that like that relationship that whole thing was like was like the soul and heartbeat of of this show yeah
0: and so Man, so I I can keep going on and on. I know you can too, but definitely want to get into it. And I know yes. we'll be we'll be uh, having good discussion. And I'll say this: so as our episodes have gone right now, you know, people who have listened, you know the format. But as the host this week, I get three choices. Thomas gets two, but Thomas has the veto. But I don't think I've ever been more prepared. In case you do use the veto. <laughs> I'm, like, just ready to just boom, I can boom, see boom, boom, you have, like, boom, boom, 15
1: boom. on your list. Yeah. <laughs> but you're yeah. just ready
0: to kind of – I'm just like, oh, you want to veto that? Okay. I, like, this is the one I could be like, you could have three vetoes for each one of my yeah. choices, and you're I'll like, still good. be ready. I'll be like <laughs> – I hope you do. Exactly. It's <laughs> kind of <laughs> like I'm rooting. I'm, I could talk about – that's, like, that's two-in-one I get to do, like, that's if you veto funny. me. So it's like the first time I'm like I kind of just want you to veto for the hell of it just so I can be <laughs> like I'll talk about another episode, Thomas. Like, all right, let's just keep it's good going. To know. It's you good know? To know,
1: headed into this, Jeremy.
0: So that's that's just how much I know this show and and, and love this show. <laughs> but um, I think there is one important question I need to ask you before mm-hmm. we get started, and it's a serious one. What brings a smile to your face more? the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song, or the Carlton dance?
1: Probably. Honestly, the Carlton dance kind of tickles me a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say the Carlton dance, it's it's tough. And um, yeah, it's hard. I, I can't believe during this intro that we didn't talk about the the theme song.
0: Oh, I wasn't so, going to forget it.
1: Okay, good. Because that's like how iconic. I mean, the Carlton dance, every time it happens... It's just like for some reason, I always, I don't know why. When I was like doing some of the rewatches, when he would break it out, I'd almost forget, like, oh yeah, Carlton does that. And, then, and oh. I always, I always love that. But, um, but th- that theme song, man, like, talk about iconic, like people around even our general age range, like you and I, what, five, I don't know, six years apart, something like that. But everybody in, in like a 10 year range at least. has that theme song we just it's just permanently burned into our minds
2: in west philadelphia born and raised on the playground is where i spent most of my days chilling out maxing, relaxing all cool and all shooting some b-ball outside of the school when a couple of guys who were up to no good started making trouble in my neighborhood i got in one little fight and my mom got scared and said you're moving with your auntie and uncle in bel-air
0: i think it's the mount it's on a Mount Rushmore of popular theme songs. I mm-hmm. honestly do, like, I remember when, like, Live Aid, like, not the original in the 80s, but the one in, like, the 2000s happened in Philly, and Will Smith, you know, it was all over the world, and Will Smith was hosting the one in Philadelphia, and there's hundreds of thousands of people singing the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song in Philly, and then around the world, you know, because, remember, Live Aid had it, these different locations, and you were piping it in, and singing the theme, and that's what hit me, which is wow. like the world knows this theme song.
1: Absolutely.
0: And I'm thinking like, what's up? Like I think of Friends, that theme song is, everyone knows that theme song. I think of like Jeopardy, like yeah. shows like that, where I'm like, it's it's on a Mount Rushmore, I yeah. feel like, of just known theme songs where people, different backgrounds, different ages, they, they, they know the Fresh Prince of yeah. Bel-Air theme song.
1: It just occurred to me that the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song is it the most rapped song ever made? Wow. Like people, like you had people from all demographics and from through for anybody in society, rich, poor, whoever, middle class, yeah, rapping the Fresh Prince to Bel Air theme song.
0: Great point. Great point. It just Tom, you occurred might be to me. Right. Yeah, you might be right. Um, I, I think it's hard to argue that, like a song that everybody. Yeah, I think you might be right.
1: That's yeah, a great Yeah, th- right. Yeah, that yeah. just occurred to me. That's how impactful that theme song is. And and I I was I, I didn't do this. I was going to do a test to te- text message a few friends and ask them if they were in the situation where a cabbie with a di- with dice in their mirror dropped them off at a house. What would they say to the cabbie? Oh, and I bet I would get the answer right away. Yo, home you know, smell you later. I bet that would be like the answer from like ninety percent of the people who I sent that man at least.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what's been funny over the years is people watching like the pilot. And I think it's maybe in a couple other early episodes and you get the full song right. and people being like, Oh, there's more to this. And I'm like, Oh yeah, it's yeah, a song. It's like a it is a song. song. Yeah. Like yeah. it's there, but like, it's just as great of a career as Will Smith had as, as a, in music, as an artist, a lot of great songs. A lot of people know Yeah. his most popular song was the theme song for the Fred Prince of <laughs> Bel-Air, yeah,
1: which is it's incredible. Great, yeah. It's an incredible song too. And, uh, Am I just mistaken, Jeremy? Is this or this, is this the Mandela effect? Was there an episode where somebody asked Will about his background and he basically recited the theme song as an explanation as to how he got to to Bel Air? I feel
0: like that did happen. Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> or is that a Mandela? I, no, no that I I'm experiencing like something. Did it did happen like that? And
1: that right? was part of the joke. It was like, yeah. so, so how did you get here, man? And he's like, well. You know, I got in one little fight. My mom got, but he wasn't rapping; yes. and he was just yeah, kind of saying just, it. Yeah, okay. dialogue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That it was did dialogue. happen. Okay. That did okay.
0: happen. Okay. Because, like, he broke the fourth wall. Like, yeah. the Fresh Prince did a lot, but yeah. he would like look up and like, I, "Yep, yep."
1: Yeah. Absolutely. That theme song. I love it. All right. <laughs>
0: all right. So I had to. I, I didn't forget. I had to get that in there yeah. before we we go into the show. But all right. So for my first choice. I wouldn't be right if I didn't have to go with the pilot as my first choice for the essential episode.
2: Hey, Uncle Phil! Oh, How you doing? I am not your Uncle Philip. Oh, uh, my fault, man. I must have got the wrong crib. But, hey, yo, I ain't know with so many brothers living in this neighborhood. <laughs> we doing all right, huh? <laughs> you have the right house. I am Jeffrey, your uncle's butler. Oh, okay, well, uh, cheerio and all
0: that. <laughs> you know, a lot of times we do TV episodes, and I'm like, the pilot, a lot of great shows, right? Like, they don't always have a great pilot. Like, you know, because it's the new show, and a lot of times they're working out kinks and everything like that. This is one of, honestly, the best pilots I've ever seen. I mean, it's up there. I think of, like, the Cosby Show's pilot. Uh, I remember Frazier had a great pilot. Even Cheers. But this pilot was just unbelievable. And also just how much it really hits the core of the show that we see for those three those six seasons, they nail it really in that pilot episode of what the show is about. So to me it's just great the introductions of seeing that. And, you know, I think of the line where, you know, Oh, how was the plane ride? Oh, it was really dope. And Phil Uncle Phil goes, What? <laughs> it was really stupid. He's like, What you say? And he's like, Well it's like, Oh, um, it was really neat. Like he yeah. does that voice, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and you know just the whole. You know they have the big dinner party. You know I was even thinking about this too, Thomas. Just even before the dinner party, when Will's unpacking in his room and he he meets Ashley, and then he gets he gets to meet Carlton. Phil brings Carlton over. Him putting the Malcolm X poster on the wall.
1: Mm-hmm. Like this is
0: 1990. This is two years before Malcolm X, the movie comes out that Spike Lee did. Like. That was a big statement on prime time, like, to kind of show, put a Malcolm X poster on the wall, and I think I love that about the show that I think, and no, I hope this comes across right, if you went with Dr. King, it would have been a safe choice, sure, right? But they didn't go there. They went with Malcolm, and they even had, you know, that last scene, and the dinner table scene was great with, you know, him being that fish, classic fish out of water, and, You know Will, uh, Phil's uh, lawyer partners, and all there, and you know Will doing all kind of funny things. But that last scene to me was the core, and why it's such a groundbreaking show with these two people, Will and Uncle Phil, two different generations, and both having preconceived notions about the other, Mm -hmm. and both of
2: them being smashed within a few seconds. All right, I remind you of where you came from and what you used to be. Now I don't know somewhere between. Princeton or the office. You got soft. You forgot who you are and where you came from. You think you're so wise. Look at me when I'm talking to you. Let me tell you something, son. I grew up on the streets just like you. I encountered bigotry you could not imagine. Now, you have a nice poster of Malcolm X on your wall. I heard the brother speak.
0: And you see Will looking at him like, wow, you listen to Malcolm X speak. And then Phil being like, "I, you know, leaving and Will's like, I can't get my side of the story. He goes, I know your side of the story. I know you. I know all these things about you. Good night. And then Will playing that, you know, on the piano, that great classic tune and him being like, oh, he knows how to play the piano. A classic piano. Mm -hmm. And you see Uncle Phil's reaction and how he's looking at Will. And that right there, and it fades to black, and it's a great pilot, and that sets the tempo for the next six seasons of what this show is at the core.
1: Yeah, it's one of the more fully formed pilots I've ever seen. You're absolutely right. That last moment, um, and I don't know, it might be a spoiler, it might be whatever, but like it's referenced in the finale too, so it kind of ties together with Uncle Uncle Phil said that told Will that he saw potential in him right away Mm -hmm. from the very first day. And then I was thinking back. I'm like, oh yeah, it's because he saw him. Like that was one of the moments where he saw him play the piano, and he kind of gave that look. Like, all right, there's something in this kid. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not gonna totally dismiss him right away. Like there's something there that he's just afraid to show. And I think Will. So so in this episode, we see Will. It's a fish out of water thing. Again, you know, we're setting up all the key players in the series um, who again come fully formed. Like uh, like Aunt Viv, Carlton, Ashley, Hillary. Uncle Phil, all um, Jeffrey, Jeffrey, like yeah, they all come fully, almost like fully formed. Like they don't change a ton. Like there's character arcs, but the core of them, like their essence, is pretty much the same. But yeah, that 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 last that last scene that spoke to Will, you know, there being something there with Will. And what I was gonna say was like like the main theme is like Will was acting a certain way, like it was a fish out of water, but I think he was nervous about being there, so that's how it manifested. Itself like Jeremy, like a theme throughout the show is Will's use of humor as a defense mechanism. Yes, yes, and that's and that's what's happening in the pilot right away at the dinner table. He's like, he's like doing the beat with the glasses.
2: at this table oh you're right any requests
1: (laughs) he teaches Ashley how to rap and she says grace and raps and everything but he so he's just acting like just really loud and really like defiant in, in, in certain ways not wanting to conform but I think it's because he was nervous to be in a new environment at its core it almost seemed like
0: that's an interesting point I never thought about nerves I looked at it as, especially going from the last scene, it was an immature move, but he was he was going to remind his uncle, his aunt, and then show his cousin, this is what being black is. You guys okay. don't know. You're selling out here. Especially a shot at Uncle Phil more than anybody and being like, no, you don't have to act this way. for Because if you look at it, the dinner party's at their house. They're the only black people there. Everybody else is white, all yeah. the guests. And that's who a lot of like Phil's partners are. Yeah. So I'm
1: I've, sure that's purposeful by the by the writers of the show, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And you know, even mentioning that the Reagans, which I I remember hearing them say that on other episodes that the Reagans are their neighbors and everything
1: yeah. like that. Aunt Viv um, had beef with Nancy. Yep. Apparently, yep. And- yep. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame her. But yeah. uh, <laughs>
0: but it was just like um I kind of felt like it was that to being like, you said, like, I'm not going to conform, but I'm also like, no, I'm going to show you, like, you guys, him thinking that you guys look whack.
1: That's interesting, yeah.
0: And that immaturity, because there's ways to do that and not do it like that, but the character he's playing, 17-year-old kid, thinking he knows more and he has all the answers, and that's kind of what Phil says to him. Like, you think you're so smart, you think you know everything, which how many times we've all heard that, no matter what race you are, what background... You hear uh, the parental figure saying to this young up and coming teenager, "You think you know it all? I think you have all the answers." Like it's it's a classic, classic thing that you see.
1: You had brought up to about the use of hip hop, and we see that in in this first episode right away. And the um, Soul to Soul song is is very much used in this episode, which I Absolutely. thought, which I thought was pretty cool. You see Will dancing to it, and, and we just see like him uh, again teaching Ashley how to rap by the end she she does a serviceable job <laughs> at gray's doing her little her little rap but, uh, yeah i guess i didn't think about it in that way Jeremy. that's why i love talking to you about this stuff cuz you bring you bring such a wonderful perspective i didn't think about it in terms of like will will's idea of blackness and identity and everything and that that's that's a really really good point And, like i, I guess you know from i guess it's need to get a different perspective as far as like of scene, and I know the show deals with identity and, yeah. and, and black what it means to be black and everything throughout the series, which I appreciated it. But the, with with the pilot, you're right; like it, it introduces that theme right away, and it's just yeah, gosh, like the the fact that there's so much meat to pull off this bone with the pilot. Like they just did such a great job of. I mean, we saw Carlton; like he's a little nerdy. He's wearing the sweater. He's kind of talking in his smug Carlton way. Hillary's a bit of a ditz, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, but and, and she she's a little spoiled too, <laughs> and a I little bit being nice, being nice. <laughs> and she's already twenty one or something in the pilot, like yeah, right. Like when the series starts, she's already twenty one. And mm-hmm. Ashley and Will bonded right away. And you see that the, throughout the series, um, Ash, Will, like, really took Ashley under his wing. Yeah. And you see them bond right away. He, like, Ashley's the one out of the family that Will bonded with immediately. Mm-hmm. And Jeffrey, Jeffrey's, like, he's perfect comic relief mm-hmm. in any situation. And th- there's a lot, too, Jeffrey. And I like how throughout the series we get start getting, like, sprinkles of his backstory a little bit yeah. and everything. But he's just such great comic relief and sar- the use of sarcasm with Jeffrey. He just nails it nails it it's perfect it's like all these characters man were just so well formed immediately it was impressive absolutely so i, I
0: that's my first choice man the pilot uh for an essential episode and i think people may say oh duh but If you watch a lot of, even what we call great TV, you know, we did Seinfeld episodes. Mm -hmm. And that pilot, I mean, for me, nowhere near in my mind of making an essential episode, a best, a favorite. It was a pilot, and we know what that show became, right? But it's kudos for people to realize if they don't, like, it's hard to have a great TV pilot Mm -hmm. and that it makes a lasting effect the way this did. So, big up to Everybody involved, it, it was awesome,
1: absolutely. I rewatched the pilot just because I'm like, Well, I should just you know, because it's the bedrock of. And then I came away going, Man, this is like this, honestly, Jeremy was one of my top two choices. Yeah, if you didn't talk about it, I was gonna bring up the pilot, yeah, okay. it was okay. that yep. impressive. So, yep,
0: <laughs> yeah. yep, absolutely. So, I'm ready for you, man. What, you, what do you have? I'm, I'm intrigued here because I'm like, I'm ready for that Thomas curveball if, if you got it this in there. If you don't, not- that's good, but I'm ready.
1: I don't think this is a curveball, but it's 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 possibly the most memorable episode in the show's history. But for a good reason, it pulls at the hard strings. It's funny. It has it has everything, man. And that's from uh, season four. At the end of season four, it's pop has got a brand new excuse.
2: I was uh, driving through L.A. on business. I'm a trucker now. Got my own rig and everything. So I thought I'd stop by and see how my boy was doing. Hey, I'm doing fine. Yeah, and, um, I'm busy though. You know, I got a lot of work and stuff I need to do. I understand. Um, you you take care of yourself, yeah. Yeah. You too. All right.
1: This is, I, I would say I don't know if what you think, but maybe the one episode that people like truly, aside from the end where Will's kind of like looking around at the empty living room, um, which is a me- which gets memed now, but I think this episode stuck with people more than most Fresh Prince of Bel Air episodes have over the years and this is the one where will's dad comes back he sees will working at his at his job will's already it's season four so will's already in college he's working dad comes back tries to re- basically ropes will into like reforming a relationship and they they planned to will plans to go on a trip with his dad at the end because his dad's a truck driver of course his dad says never mind or something else came up and and then he leaves Will behind, and then we get, like, the emotional scene at the end between Uncle Phil and, and Will and, and Will saying, like, the, the, the famous line that, like, when I watched this, it, it honestly, like, made me tear up. Always scene. does. I need him then, and I don't need him now. Will. Now, you know what, Uncle Phil? I'm
2: going to get through college without him. I'm gonna get a great job without him. I'm gonna marry me a beautiful honey, and I'm having me a whole bunch of kids. I'm gonna be a better father than he ever was, and I sure as hell don't need him for that. Cause ain't a damn thing he could ever teach me about how to love my kids. How come he don't want me, man?
1: That was oh yeah. Just like when I when I watched it again, like I've seen this episode quite a few times, and I and I get choked up and. And tear up every time. And my excuse this time was I watched this episode on a plane. So the yeah. altitude that's kinda good. got me to. Yes. So that's yes. that's kind of the thing is I like, like that. I, yeah, yeah. So I was crying I I teared up and then I looked at the guy next to me and I was like, Oh, he's probably seen me like crying watching Fresh Prince of Bel Air. This is kinda from an outsider's view, this is kinda funny, but this is what this episode does, man. Like I'm sure this is a memorable one for you, Jeremy.
0: Oh man. Now, to be honest, I think that's how iconic this episode is that if you said I'm watching the fresh prince you know Will's dad comes back in the scene people would be like oh okay I I that gets me too man like that's yeah. one of the few yeah. where I think like people would be like oh I I understand like okay and I also got to remember I always use allergies when I have oh, that true. crying moment and I'm like mm-hmm. oh man I'm watching something and I go it's all these allergies man like it's just it's getting me like yeah, you know? <laughs> to take something. For the- yeah, it's just I don't know where <laughs> it came from. You know, yeah. like, I, I can't have them know. But um Thomas, obviously, it's it's the most iconic episode in the show's history. The most iconic scene, I think, probably one of the more known episodes in TV history. I think mm-hmm. everybody knows this episode. A lot of great acting. You know, Will's dad, played by the great Ben Vereen, who's a great actor, great dancer. That's another thing this show had. Amazing guest stars as far as like people coming on as themselves. But if you see, like, from Don Cheadle, D.L. Hughley, Ben Vereen, a lot of great actors, come, Malcolm Jamal Warner, people, you know, great act coming on playing different roles. Nia Jasmine Long Guy and
1: Queen Latifah, I think, played two different roles each. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think of Jasmine Guy coming. There's different people doing a great job as these so many guest stars who you're like, wow, like they were somebody then, but they're playing somebody else. Even, I mean, one episode, we might bring it up later, but I saw Hank Azaria guest starring on it. And I'm like, that's Hank Azaria. Like, get out of town. (laughs) I never even realized it until watching it the other day. But just had to say that so many great guest starring acting jobs on this show. But this episode, I don't rewatch it because I've seen it so many times. And because it does the same thing to me that it does to you, But I I don't need to see it because I've seen it so much. And it's one of those things. It's stapled inside me. I can't, if I wanted to forget it, Thomas, I couldn't forget it because it has that kind of an impact and that kind of a moment. And I think about, obviously, the amazing acting job that Will did. And I think this episode was the final piece that set him up, that people were like, we got to sign this guy to big movies, was what he did in this episode but i also think about the late great james avery in my opinion the most underrated tv dad in television history
1: he might be the best tv dad for my he, money
0: exactly and i he you never hear his name and i think he possibly is the best tv dad in tv history yeah and the acting job that he did in that tough role of being the father figure he's not the dad though and You know, Will's dad is still technically alive. He's not in his life. And knowing him and knowing the kind of guy and him being older and knowing this is the same stuff he always does. And that thing of, especially, Will is an adult at this point. He's not a kid, Mm -hmm. he's an adult. So that you see the struggle with Phil of having Will has, he can't say no. He can't protect Will like he wants to. Will has to find out the hard way. And he's trying to give Will signs, Will hint. And Will kind of, throughout the episode, he's pushing away. Like, come on, give him a chance. And Will just so wants to have his dad. And I think that's what's so huge. And that's what this episode taught so many people. When you have that relationship, whether it's with a parent or whoever, that uh, sibling, that it's estranged, it's not close. Just because you're an adult, that feeling never goes away. That hurt, disappointment. And I think that's what I loved about that episode is You you know, you know see little kids with that on TV and movies, and they're like, oh, that's a kid. You can mask it better, and all, but you still feel that pain. It doesn't go away no matter how old you get. You still yeah. feel the hurt from it, and that's what Will did, but then Uncle Phil could have said, I told you so. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If this was season one, maybe he would have said, I, yeah. I told
1: you he so. He told Aunt Viv, I told you so, but he didn't tell Will that.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I think that, that's what's huge. He didn't tell yeah. Will that, and he let Will. He still was right there, prodigal son coming home. Mm-hmm. I'm here for you. I'm always going to have your back, and that's just yeah. so huge.
1: He was ready for that role. I think calling his character Uncle Phil almost does like a disservice to the role that Phil played mm-hmm. in the show and in Will's life because he became Will's dad. Yeah, and he says that by the end of the series. He says, "I'm your dad," and and we saw that especially in this episode. Like he, you know, I think this was the turning point. For sure in a more in a real obvious way as far as like phil transforming to to will's uncle he's an authority figure but he's still his uncle to like he's a father essentially for will and i think this episode does that and uh just yeah james avery this was a really great uncle phil episode i thought it was interesting too where when they when he and will were talking after you know will they had like this fight and then will talks to uncle phil and i don't know if it's in the pool house or in the living room but he said will says i guess we both said some things we didn't mean and uncle phil says oh i meant what i said i was just out of line so he's telling will like no like i i meant everything that i said like about that you know so he stuck to his guns and he wasn't just like didn't take the easy way out and was like yeah you know, we, we both said some of those things that we didn't mean, I'm sorry. But Uncle Phil, like, that shows, like, who he is, like, the sturdy character that he has. He's like, no, I meant what I said. Yeah. So he made sure to say that. Like, the, and you knew just as an audience, like, that, like he's a steady hand. Like, he's not gonna, like, break or back down. Like, he's gonna stick to his morals and his guns. So, uh, so the, what an incredible James Avery and Will Smith episode, man. And, like, this was so good.
0: And you're right, you're right. In the the fact that I think what one of the things that hurt him being considered a great TV dad was, even though he technically is a dad like Carlton, Hillary, Ashley, he, and then later on Nikki, he's their biological So he, you still see him have he has the kids, but he's not Will's dad, and Will's the main character. But I like saying Uncle Phil because. You don't have to be someone's biological dad to be a dad, and I like that. He still he was Will's dad, just like he was Carlton, Ashley, Hillary, Nikki. He was their dad. He was Will's dad, and and like that that was just huge, and I like that because you know you see it every day where people have. Mother figures, father figures, brothers, sisters, whatever the case, and it's not blood, but family, or it's not blood or it's not actual, oh, you're my actual mom or my dad, but it doesn't matter. Like, family is deeper than that. Yeah. And I think that's what this show always did a great job of showing was, doesn't have to be technically the example of the, what we all think of the nuclear family, but family's family.
1: Yeah, you're right. So, okay, so Uncle Phil, like, we're good with calling him Uncle Phil. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, You know, that's, yeah, that's awesome. He's Uncle Phil. I think uh, for some of the more lighter moments in this episode, I thought it was kind of funny when, Will, when, when Phil was in deep thought on the couch, and the kids were, like, asking him for things to kind of take advantage of his state. Daddy, I had a little accident at the mall. I'm okay, but I totaled your MasterCard. <laughs>
2: That's okay, honey. Everybody makes mistakes. Here. Pick a card. Well, I'll just take this pretty gold one. <laughs> Thanks, Daddy. What's with him? I don't know. He's like a genie on value. Make a wish, hurry. <laughs>
1: so there were funny moments like that. Jeffrey was deployed really well in this episode with comic relief. Yeah. I think he needed that pretty heavy episode overall but i think jeffrey was deployed well as far as like his classic jeffrey sarcasm and and everything like that so i think it was a de- pretty decent balance with um comic relief and, and and um heavy subject matter but you couldn't get too wacky with the comedy because you know you still there was still heavy subject matter this was a very pivotal episode in the series Jeremy, i i, I found it interesting A little moment that I noticed, uh, and and part of why Will let his guard down with his dad, I think, because he was reluctant at first when he saw his dad. He's like, why are you here? I'm busy. He didn't want to engage much right away with his dad. But then there was a moment where Lou says, Oh, well,
2: I know you're living with Philip and Vivian, and I don't think I'd be too welcome.
1: (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, you know how Will used to say that? Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So Will kind of oh, Lou his dad kind of said that like kind of like how Will says it. So I think that was like maybe Will or in the audience too were like, "Oh, he's kind of like like he's kind of like Will." Like mm-hmm. he said something that Will says and then they're bonded over basketball and you know, that was a big thing like my dad and I, like my dad's in my life. He's like a wonderful dad and stuff, but he know, my dad and I bond over basketball. Right, right. That's one of the main things that my dad and I bond over. So that really hit home to me as far as like yeah will and his dad have about bond over basketball i can relate to that and so uh just with those like those interesting things that were peppered through and you could see why will was like slowly started wanting to give lou a, a second chance essentially and form a, a reconnect there
0: absolutely no that's a great point man it's true i think we look for that and i think even though will and and uncle phil have more in common than they think I think we all look for that in like family which is like oh you want to look at you know there's a mother a father whoever grandparent and see like oh that's where I get that from that's where I connect to you don't really see that a lot like oh Will and Uncle Phil and their similarities and I think it still goes back to that core of He's when he says like, you know what I'm saying? He's a truck driver. He's a blue collar guy. And that's still like, that's what Will comes from. And that kind of comes out to me, even though at that point he had been, you know, four years in Bel Air. It's still being like, oh, that's my West Philly roots. This guy, he Mm -hmm. I'm more like him than I am like them, even though that's not true. I feel like that's what that when he lets him in, that's that connection. Like this guy gets me more than uncle phil does and aunt viv and all that even though we see it's not true i think that's where that letting it in like i relate to you and that to the, your point of you know what i'm saying yeah this guy gets me more than these people like i love these people but this is my guy mm-hmm. and that sadly is wasn't the case but that's where you like you let that guard down yeah yeah what a what an episode so tremendous now obviously you know we 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 nail it two for two here. (laughs) But before I get into the third, because I love to ask the questions throughout here, Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting, and this is a big topic of conversation for Fresh Prince of Bel-Air fans, is Papa's Got a Brand New Bag, probably the most iconic, popular, essential, whatever, episode of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I
1: knew one of us was going to make that mistake and call it Papa's Got a Brand New Bag. Papa's got a brand new excuse, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Keep it in. That's what Nod it is. Yep. Not to James Brown there. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: That's true. Godfather soul.
2: Papa's got a brand new bed.
0: But um that's a good point. That's,
1: I'm glad you got it.
0: Yeah. I, I was trying to avoid that too. I thought
1: um, I was gonna be the one to do it. I, <laughs> 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 but it's
0: um it's such a popular episode, but this is episode with the second Aunt Viv with Daphne yeah. Maxwell-Reed. And I want to see how you feel about the differences with the two Aunt Vivs, and how that how you look at it as also a big Fresh Prince of Bel-Air fan. And also, we the reunion hit in 2020, the 30th reunion, and there was a lot of history between Will and the first Aunt Viv mm-hmm. and, you know, Miss Parsons and a lot, of, a lot of bad history over the years. So just with all that being said, how do you look at the show and the two Aunt Vivs?
1: I, I like the first Aunt Viv, I think. So the first one was was Janet Hubert, right? I, th- uh, I liked I liked the first Aunt Viv. Um, she seemed, and I like the second one. Like I I like both of them, but I'm more partial to the first one. And that might be because it's just the one that we got to know first. Uh, I like that she seemed to have maybe a little bit more of like a, I don't know, like an attitude or she was a little like tougher on some things or there's just more of like that harder, funny edge. I think maybe the first Aunt Viv was a little funnier. Definitely. I think the second one was a little, um, she 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 maybe provided for more of a softer landing for some of the characters than the first Aunt Viv. But yeah, I would have to go with the first one, but that's not to take away from Daphne Maxwell Reed and how and what she did as the second Aunt Viv. But it's it's just different. But I lean toward the first. What about you, Jeremy?
0: I think definitely first Aunt Viv was great. An underrated character, an underrated TV underrated TV mom. And I think the interesting thing for me though is because there's three seasons, you know, she's on the first three, the mm-hmm. the second the latter three were Daphne Maxwell Reed. But I feel like She was much better, but I wonder how the show would be if she would have stayed on. Because if you watch those early, it's the typical, the way it's set up is there's a mom, a dad, Phil and Viv are a team. There's the kids, all those things, right? Once she leaves and you get the second Aunt Viv, really, to me, the show changes. And it becomes Phil is, essentially, he's both. He's the mother figure and the father figure. Mm-hmm. And also it really it shows shows the growth in will and Phil's dynamic, and it also you get a lot more will and Carlton being silly and their dynamic and their closeness too, which I think would have been harder. I think you could have gotten there, but it would have been harder to kind of let them really show their their great comedic connection as much and i I wonder how you would have shown Phil and will's relationship if the first and viv was still there i think it would have been a different show so th- yeah. in a way it's like the first and viv was better but i do love the silliness you get once she leaves you get even more silliness out of those characters that's a good point yeah so it's like it's a weird balance in a way
1: yeah yeah that's a really good point so it was almost like uh uh, necessary like it was meant to be like it happened how it should have happened have, in a way yeah to have those the two amphibs like
0: right? yeah because it's tough because we saw it, it was a messy quote-unquote divorce so i wish it didn't happen that way yeah. off you know camera but i do i love a lot of those later i love the whole series but the the will carlton dynamic really took off once the yeah. first and Viv left, and I you agree get with so that. many great moments.
1: I, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Now Nikki, I'm not sure about Nikki. I'm yeah. not sure if he was necessary or he what. Was not. But <laughs> that's he a was whole not. different kind of thing. That you know, it's like, yeah, do we need that? I don't know. No offense to Ross Bagley, he was good in the in as Buckwheat in the Little Rascals he really movie. Was. He but really was. but I don't know if his character was all that necessary. But and yeah, Viv, did make a good point.
0: Yeah, wasn't he the kid in Independence Day?
1: He was the kid in Independence Day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Vivica A. Fox, yeah. Yeah, Will
1: Smith's uh, stepson, I think, mm-hmm. in Independence Day.
0: Yep, yep, yeah. So he was good with that too, but yeah. Nikki was not needed. No. <laughs> so just wanted to get that because that's a big... No, that's a good I, question. Yeah, it's a big part of the show's history and lore is the, the two Aunt Vivs. Mm-hmm. So I, I just wanted to make sure to ask that and talk about that. So, you know, for my second choice, I'm going with season three. And I wonder if you know this one it's that's no lady that's my cousin
2: i noticed you noticing me so i just want to put you on notice that i noticed you too and and to let you know that you know i might consider letting you be with me (laughs) is that what passes for a compliment around here (laughs) look baby listen no you listen if you want a shot at being with me maybe you should try talking to me like a human being okay got it Actually, baby, you got it, but I take donations. (laughs) And this episode
0: is where Bel Air Academy, the high school that Will and Carlton, the first two seasons, it's an all, you know, it's all boys school. And then in season three, it becomes co-ed and Ashley is now in high school Mm. and she's going. And I think it does. Why I picked this episode is it was classic in some of the classic lines from this episode. The humor is crazy. One of my favorite lines ever, and it's obviously it's misogynistic which is the theme of this episode. And you know, so everyone listening, we know this, it's not good to do. But when Will Carlton, Lorenz Tate, another great acting guest star, Lorenz Tate, they're there and they're watching the girls walk by and they're judging them like they're like Olympic judges, like commentators and Wow, yes. she's really got it. She really got it. she what judges what do you give and they had like the nine point five and all that stuff and mm-hmm. then the the one girl walks by and she looks kind of like tougher and then Carlton, which is not right, but it's one of the funniest lines and he goes and now representing the East German team, and <laughs> she walks up and pushes him against the locker, and everyone's was like, "Whoa, whoa, it <laughs> yeah. was my favorite moments ever. Like I crack up to this day, but it was important why i say that is how funny it is but also a lot of times you saw will like to be you know the quote-unquote player mm-hmm. and people a lot of the show is like trying to get girls and look at that but it got flipped upside down no pun intended but with ashley seeing how all these boys react to the quote-unquote more developed girls and then her coming in the next day and then all the guys kind of because she changes her appearance to look more older and this classic moment where Boston cafeteria, all these guys and Carlton stands up and goes, well, check out the talent.
2: She's cool. She's hot. She's your baby sister, man.
0: <laughs> like just one of the great moments. And um, Will gets put in his place about being chauvinistic and being a pig. And then he winds up being on the other side of that from being, you know, inappropriate with women. But then to seeing Ashley, a little sister figure for him and not liking it when guys are coming up to her and doing all those things. So I think it's a great essential episode for the humor, but also the lessons that you kind of you get throughout Mm -hmm. it. And I think it's one of the best episodes the show had, in my opinion. So, yeah, that's that's my choice.
1: Yeah, no, I I like this choice and I like these episodes that where even though Will's the main character, he he's he's fallible in in damn near most of the, the Fresh yeah. Prince series and there's always lessons that that Will has to learn and a lot of it has to do with like his views on women, his treatment of women mm-hmm. uh and 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 this falls this definitely this episode definitely falls in line uh, with a lot of those themes that we see uh throughout the series where Will has, like, he comes in with, like, a preconceived notion, whether it's, like, social conditioning. Like, this is how Will's conditioned, how he thinks, like, as him being a man or whatever. Right. This is how I talk to women. This is how I view women. Uh, there were a lot of, uh, there were a few episodes throughout the series where Will learned some lessons about, like, how to treat women or maybe alter his viewpoint. Like, there was one with Queen Latifah where... They were basically like get set up on a blind date to go see a basketball game, and and he she didn't fit the body type or mold of what Will thought, you know. But he liked her, but I think he was succumbing to pressure from what he thought his friends would say if right. Will if he dated her. So that was another like episode where Will learned a lesson. Same with this one, as far as like catcalling and how we treat women. So I think I think these are very good episodes where Will has to like look introspectively look at himself and say is this really the right way to be going about things and i think a typical fresh prince of Air episode you have the good uh, you have some deep themes and fun themes, but you also have the comic relief. And I definitely like once you when you said that Carlton getting pushed, <laughs> yeah, making that joke and then getting pushed. I I did have like that that is kind of the like buried there in my brain. Uh, that that mental image of of Carlton making because it's funny because Carlton's trying to like join in on the fun and mm-hmm. trying to be one of the guys, but then like just to see him get put in his place and like I oh, remember yeah. that eliciting that that really f- funny reaction and then. Then of course the the reveal of Ashley, like the the one who Carlton's looking at, is actually <laughs> Ashley. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and and it's a good it's a good Ashley episode too. I think Ashley's a really great, uh, really great character. When she's very formative for me. When I was a young man, I think oh, uh, yes. yeah, Tatiana, Tatiana Ali Ali. was one of like my on my on my Mount Rushmore of like crushes when i was a teenager. One of my first crushes yeah absolutely so yeah, I, she's up there so when i was a kid when i was a teenager i loved the ashley episodes mm. uh and was a good character too she was just like you you you, know, you saw i think i liked her character arc throughout the series you saw her turn from like a young girl who needed confidence to start getting more and more confidence and in coming into her own so it was neat to follow like ashley's trajectory I and mean, this is a good ashley episode
0: absolutely and uh and to your point about just that social conditioning, one of my favorite is one of my funniest uncle Phil lines is when they come back in from school, you know, and, Will and Carlton, they're like, hey, how was your day? You know, like, f-
2: talking to Phil. Hey. So, how was the first day at school? <laughs> Way cool, grand hombre. <laughs> Yo, Uncle Phil, it was booming, man. Tasties everywhere. I mean, big ones, small ones, short ones, tall ones. Black ones, brown ones, rich ones, poor ones, crazy ones. Spill the wine. Dig that girl. No, 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 no. Spill the wine. Dig that girl. Dig that girl. Spill the wine. Dig that
0: Spill the wine. <laughs> Dig that, girl. He's doing, like, the swim and everything. Yes, Spill the wine. Dig that, girl. Boom, boom. And then they're all looking at him, but it was just hilarious just seeing. And then he sits down, and, like, with Will and Carlton, he's talking about when he was at Princeton, and he was, uh, like, on a working on the paper, and he was, like, interviewing this stripper. And he was like, oh, I guess she took a liking to me because she invited me back with some of the other dancers. And fella, and then and Viv walks over and, like, drops a plate, and he's like, um... so we just read the Bible and went home. Like he kind of just (laughs) goes over it, but it kind of shows even Phil, like his big time lawyer and, you know, he's has wealth and all that, but that a lot of times we have to watch that as men, no matter what you think, Oh, this guy won't do that. That social conditioning and how, you know, being misogynistic toward women, even though, you know, the intent's not there. They're not trying to like be, misogynist like or they don't think they're being it Mm -hmm. but they are and how they're judging women and you know a woman's values just on her looks and how wrong that is it it was a good episode in showing that and i always loved this episode but doing a rewatch, honestly by accident i was just it kind of just went to the next episode and i'm like (laughs) yeah this 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 hits on a deeper level so that's that's the lady that's my cousin
1: okay yeah that's a good one i love seeing uncle phil be goofy sometimes too because he has like this the rugged big he's almost like an older version of suge knight in a way i guess suge knight's probably an older version of suge knight now and i hope he doesn't hear this because i'm gonna be afraid but don't uh, yeah so so uncle phil does have like that suge knight kind of like presence about him so to see him do be goofy and sing that war song and do the uh oh gosh yeah i that's a i love those uncle phil moments so th- yeah this is a this is a good one Jeremy
0: yeah so that's that's my choice uh that's no lady that's my cousin from season three so we got the pilot papa's got a brand new bag and that's no lady that's my cousin
1: papa's got a brand new excuse
0: got a brand new excuse i did it again yes
1: two because <laughs> i wrote down two, bag. Jeremy zero yeah <laughs> Did you even write it down? His bag? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's why I did it again. Jeez,
0: Papa's got a brand new excuse. There we are. The most iconic <laughs> episode, like of the night, like one of the most like top episodes of nineties in TV. And I'm butchering it right here. It's their
1: fault for man- naming the episode after a famous song. Jeez, you know. <laughs> i blame them i blame oh, the show I'm
0: choking like travis kelsey did it against the eagles
1: <laughs> oh the man here. Woo! shots Take, fired
0: shots They're, fired eagles are nine
1: and one and deremy's like talking crazy talking oh, yeah. big now <laughs> okay
0: oh, <yeah. laughs> it, it, truth be told i love travis kelsey i love new heights podcast so i just having a little fun but i had to get that <laughs> that line in there
1: deremy's more of a jason kelsey guy absolutely for obvious reasons yeah absolutely all right, all right you ready then. for my uh, my second choice i am ready all right um i'm gonna go back to we did the season one pilot i'm gonna stick with season one mm-hmm. toward the end of season one this is another this is a great uncle phil one of the quintessential uncle phil episodes it's it's bank shot Ooh.
2: <laughs> all right then 20 a ball is what we shoot then that whoa, wait whoa 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 what what twenty dollars a ball <laughs> You in the big leagues now, boy. What's wrong? No confidence in your game? No, no, that ain't it. Then what is it? I mean, just you look like the king of the hill around here or something. Hey, you can take him, kid. Yeah,
0: give him some, Will.
2: (laughs) Well, and then I really wouldn't want to do what I know I can do if you know what I mean. (laughs)
1: So this is where Uncle Phil, Will um, ends up getting hustled at the pool hall, mm-hmm. and Uncle Phil has to come get him out of this jam, essentially. Um, so Aunt Viv leaves town, Uncle Phil is busy working all weekend, so Hillary's left in charge of everyone else, and Will gets goes to the pool hall, and you could see it coming a mile away, like... Like him getting hustled, like he's, yeah, like it shows. Like when you talked about being fallible, like you're looking at Will, like come on, man, like this <laughs> guy who's bad at pool, he's just roping you in mm-hmm. for the larger hustle. Like what are you doing? So this is one of my favorites, probably one of the best Uncle Phil episodes because he he. So he goes he goes to the pool hall. And he essentially tries to use legalese. I'm sure he knows that's not going to work. He's just trying to like build. Uncle Phil's trying to build his hustle. So he plays pool poorly and he's like, I'm really getting the hang of this. And, you know, and, and when he gets the guy, the guy who hustled Will, when he gets him to agree to another game. You know,
2: my time is very valuable. I couldn't possibly play another game without upping the ante. How much? Let's say a nice round figure, like hundred dollars a ball. A hundred dollars a ball? That's right, Uncle Phil. <laughs> okay, hundred dollars a ball. <laughs> you got yourself a game, <laughs> Jeffrey. Break out, Lucille.
1: <laughs> and then he turns. He turns into like pool hall pool shark uncle phil a nice nod i think to bb king calling his uh his his uh pool cue lucille uh, yep, B. yeah he called his guitar lucille so so it's just like the moment that uncle phil snaps from like oh gee golly gee i don't know how to how to play pool to all right jeffrey get break out lucille it was just like all right here we are like yeah like we're rolling now and and this is just such. A, we see these glimpses, and I, I love this. We see glimpses, Jeremy, into Uncle Phil and his background. Mm-hmm. So he said, "I spent a lot of time." He tells Will, "I spent a lot of time at those places at pool halls, and that's why I didn't want you to go." Right. So, so, but, but it's just so fun. Like he, this is an example of like that Uncle Phil's up there as far as one of my all-time favorite TV characters. Not just TV dads, like truly Jeremy, yeah. like Uncle Phil's one of my favorite TV characters of all time. And this is just like. This is another example, and the great James Avery, just incredible. He owns this episode, and he owns this scene, especially. He's so good, and this is really like he kind of broke on the scene here because he's a great actor, trained actor. I remember seeing him in License to Drive. Did you ever see License to Drive with Corey Heyman, Corey Feldman? No, no, I never saw that. Yeah, that's the first time I remember seeing James James Avery. He played a driving instructor. And he was just this intimidating driving instructor, and he put his coffee like on the dashboard, and he, and he and he and It's part of the driving test. He tells Corey Haim like, if you make the coffee spill on me, you're basically going to flunk the driving test or whatever. And he and he's just like this intimidating driving instructor. So oh. I, I thought it's all I remember him is in License to Drive and then the voice of Shredder in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That so, I knew. yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he was he was Shredder, but like this really like he needs to he needs to just get more love. Like man.
0: He does. Um, yeah. Such a great episode. I knew where you were going okay. with it. I knew right away because it's just such a great, like you said, a great Uncle Phil episode. But yeah. in the end, it's still a great Phil and Will episode because I think a, one of the there's themes, but a big one is, you know, to be frank, what is selling out? Did you sell out? Are you forgetting what mm. your roots are, who you are? And I think that's important to always see for everybody, no matter who you are uh what your background is but to like I think a lot of us can fight that in some way or another. I'm forgetting who I am. Like I don't want to forget what mattered to me, what was important to me. Man, back in my younger days I wouldn't have gone for that, but I'm going for this now. And a lot of it is maturing, getting with but it doesn't mean you're selling out or forgetting. And those were lessons that to be honest, Phil was teaching to Will, but in a lot of ways Will was showing that to Phil because it wasn't perfect. Uh, Phil, there was times where Phil needed that reminded, like reminder of, hey, remember where you came from, and hey, remember when you were a young man, yeah, and who you were, and what helped you get through, and you know, it wasn't always just a kick in the butt. Sometimes it's putting the arm around you and talking to you too. So it's a great reminder of, you know back to that pilot will thinking he just doesn't know. He doesn't understand. Like I'm from West Philly. I've been around. I've been in the hood. I've been in the streets. I know how to handle myself. And uncle Phil being like, I've been down that road before. I don't want you to get caught up in this. I'm not saying you're it's not about, are you tough or you're selling out? It's about these guys who are pretty darn good. They can hustle. Yeah. They'll get the best of us. If you're not watching.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think, it's a good balance, again, between humor and stakes. But the stakes weren't too high. So you see maybe in other episodes where it's like very high stakes. But here, it's like there's stakes and we're kind of caught up in like how's Will going to get out this jam and, and everything. But the stakes aren't too high. They don't play it up. Like some, you know, some of the guys in the pool hall, they're, they're uh, talked about as tough. But you never really feel that Will's like in grave danger there but still enough to be invested in like i hope he you know gets out of this jam or i want to see how he gets out of this jam so i think it was a good balance it was good for season one it's like season one stakes essentially you know Uh, like yeah yeah and then we start seeing like heavier um heavier stakes throughout the series um we talked about a heavier episode earlier in this episode with pop has got a brand new excuse so, uh, <laughs> but I just like how the stakes aren't too high in this episode, but they're enough to make you feel like invested. So I think that I think just this this whole series they do such a good job of, of of balancing humor with like lessons and stakes and everything like that. They 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 do such a good job with all of that.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting. I've, I've had recent talks with a lot of people, um who are big TV fans, even been lucky enough to talk to some people, TV historians and talking about the difference from network times to cable times to streaming and how they're like, it's the, the sitcom, the, what we know as sitcom, like, can it come back? Is it gone? Cause they're like, a lot of times it's a comedy, but it's like kind of dark and there's, it, mm-hmm. you're not really getting the mix anymore. Yeah. And, and I remember talking to someone and saying like, you know, well, to, Norman Lear shows in the 70s, like All in the Family, the Jeffersons, Good Times. They're 24, 26 minutes, and you're getting real heavy, but real hilarious. And Like, he did it well. And having this conversation with you about the Fresh Prince, that's another great example of some really deep moments. But still, we can also talk about in that same episode, the hilarity and how funny it was, and the balance of some were really deep stakes, like you just said. Some were like, "It's just enough; it's a good lesson, but it wasn't too heavy for you." But mm-hmm. I never felt like the show got too heavy.
1: Yeah.
0: Even with Papa's got a brand new excuse, <laughs> like you said, you know, so well earlier. There's still so much funny humor and great levity with that. Yeah. So I just think like this is something that needs to be talked about. Of like, oh, you still can have a sh- comedy that is talking about serious things, but you don't have to forget the most important thing, which it's a comedy. You yeah, got to have yeah. humor with it.
1: If it starts getting too serious, let's deploy Jeffrey yeah. for, a, for a minute. That's <laughs> Exactly. <right>? Exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. it's, exactly. Which it, Or Hillary. Yeah, know, or we, Hillary. You're right. You got to give Hillary props too, yep. because um, to nail the Valley girl, and you didn't see it. You hadn't seen a black Valley girl. Right. But she nailed it and then, I'll be honest, Thomas, when growing up, when this show was on, I wasn't the biggest fan, but as the years have gone on, Hillary cracks me up. Like, especially as like the years go on, she's got some hilarious lines and some funny, funny moments, like, yeah. and just does a great
1: job. Yeah. Even in this episode, bank shot, like the B plot is Hillary being left in charge.
2: How was your weekend with the kids? It went great. Really? Mother, I've got to tell you, even though I wanted to do this, deep down I had a lot of anxiety about taking on this kind of responsibility. But now that I've been through it, I can honestly say, I handled it, I prevailed, and now I think I'm ready to have children of my own. (laughs) Well, that's great, Hillary. So, where are the kids? What? You mean like now? (laughs) Now? Oh, thank God,
1: you're home! At the beginning of the episode, she's reading Seventeen magazine, and then by the end of the episode, she's reading like Parenting magazine or something like that. So just her reactions and her trying to like be the authority figure to Ashley and Carlton and Will. Uh, this is a this is a pretty decent Hillary episode. It's not like the main. I mean, it's a, ultimately the best parts the pool hall stuff. But this is like a good Hillary episode as well. I agree with you about Hillary. I think she is one of those characters that you start appreciating more as yeah. the years go on. Just hilarious, so I, Karen I mean, Parsons. God, she's good She yeah. She's in class act. One yes, of, one of a formative movie for me too. I like yeah. Karen Parsons.
0: Yeah, like I, I just think it's a well. Like we talked about Nikki, but it's a well-rounded mm-hmm. cast. It, yep. They just nail it. So, yeah, great choice, man. So. Banks
1: shot from season one.
0: Okay, so this is tough because there's a lot of things running through my mind here, and I'm gonna go with one. You might veto, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try. And if you veto, I understand. But I'm gonna go to season three again, and I'm going with. And that was an episode you'll definitely know. A night at the
2: Oprah. Anyway, Alexa said, I couldn't have called at a better time. They're doing a show about political candidates and their families, and she said that one of the families just dropped out. So they're flying all of us to Chicago tomorrow morning. I'm so excited. I have always wanted to go to Chicago. Oh, wait, am I going to need a passport? <laughs> all right, all right, I got things to do. got to get a new fade. I gotta get some new shoestrings for my Doc Martens. Oh man, I'ma be on Oprah.
0: <laughs> Trevor, Hillary's boyfriend, later fiance, and we can get into classic moments with Trevor. You know, but um, winds up getting the banks to be on Oprah, and so they wind up flying out to Chicago to be on Oprah. But before, there's like, oh, everyone's so excited and Will's so pumped, but Trevor pulls Phil aside and goes, uh. Oprah says the Oprah show says they just want the intermediate family and so it becomes before they leave it's a thing of like you know well Vivian you tell him he can't go on the show blah 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 and then Vivian's like I can't tell him that like look how and you keep seeing will just be so excited and you know, like moment and it feels like fine you know what? I'll tell him and then it was just like they sits will sits down and he was just like you know Uncle Phil I maybe not I can be frustrated you you know I'm they think I don't appreciate, but I just want to say, I really appreciate all you guys have done for me and taken me in. And this, it really means a lot, man. And then like, he sits there and he gives Phil that like awkward hug on the couch. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he just gives him that big hug and it's just like, okay. And then it's like, we'll tell him on the plane. And then they have the stewardess try to tell him, but then she gets like, you know, Will's so nice to her. And so no one can tell him, And then finally, they're backstage at the Oprah. You get to see Oprah Winfrey, you know, guest star on the show. But it's just hilarious because finally, right before they go
2: on, they have to yank it out from Will that he can't. All right, all right, all right. It's time to stop eating around the bush. Okay, um, everybody who's going to be on the Oprah show, take one step forward. Not so fast,
0: Will. (laughs) And just the hilarity that ensues when you see them on the stage and then Will keep trying to ask questions with Oprah.
2: (laughs) Oprah, I have a question. Will, I missed you, okay? <laughs> um, my question is for Mrs. Banks. Uh, Mrs. Banks, uh, let's say that your oldest sister who sacrificed her whole life to raise you sent her only son out to live with you and you promised to treat him like your own. Um, and just for the sake of argument, let's call him uh, Will. <laughs> um, would you bring him on the Oprah Winfrey show with you, or would you make him sit in the audience like you were ashamed of him? We're not ashamed of you. It's just sit down, shut up, and behave yourself. <laughs> okay, let,
0: let me take just so many moments, though. And then, you know, him being given the shout out of Hi Letitia, you know, sneaking that in there when he's talking to her. But it's just so many great lines. And one of my favorite Carlton moments, and I don't know if you remember this, but when, you know, that Oprah Winfrey theme song comes on, Mm-hmm. it's a prelude to the tom jones dance and carlton starts do yeah, yeah, he starts getting down yeah, I do with remember it that. Yep. yeah just so many yeah. great <laughs> moments there and i thought it was a help so for me i kind of put this on i was like i i it one of the better episodes but i'm like i i'm gonna i'm gonna see how it goes okay but i'm gonna try for an essential episode you know
1: all right Jeremy. i might make you a little upset right now okay okay mm-hmm. i'm not gonna veto this Oh really? So, yeah, yeah, no. So, I know you made it you may have been chomping at the bit to talk about another episode too, but um No, okay. I I so, just no. I
0: I just real quick sorry to interrupt oh, just yeah. um people can't see, but we've been talking about great acting this episode. Thomas just did a great <laughs> acting job <laughs> here because he made a face like he was going to veto. And I'm like, I don't think my words are hitting him, but I'm going to keep trying. And so I was like, all right, I'm ready. So that's why I was like, I don't think it's really hitting him here. So yeah, we're talking about James Avery acting and Will's acting, but I mean, you got some chops yourself, my friend. Just had to say that.
1: Yeah, I'm um, I'm running third in that race with Will Smith and James <laughs> Avery, but it's not by... Um, it's a close kind of, third. It's, not, it's a close-ish third. So.
0: That performance you gave Ooh. right now—that was award.
1: Thank you, sir. Award-worthy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so uh, I think it's important to remember that Freshman to Bel Air is a comedy, mm-hmm. and I love having a, like a more of a goofy episode. Yeah, not not one that has to like teach us a, a lesson necessarily. I'm sure there's a nugget of a lesson definitely in there about acceptance and will being part of the family, and mm-hmm. you know. But it's it's ultimately at its core like a real goofy episode, and I think that's important to to have a well-rounded essential list. Uh, I think we need one that's just like leans more heavily on the comedy. I think the pilot did a decent job. Bank shot is another one that's like, but this one I think more is like a yeah goofy comedy. When I think that's important though, and I do remember this one, uh, and it stra to me it's true it straddles the line between what's realistic and what's not because in some sitcoms they have encounters with celebrities and you're like okay well that wouldn't happen or you get a you get the episode like full house oh we're well, let's have we're having this episode at disneyland and we have all yeah, these yeah. adventures <laughs> that nobody would ever have at disneyland right right all that stuff but this one like kind of sp- straddles that line like it almost kind of like sounds unrealistic but then they do a good job of it actually making sense like how they go on oprah and all of that and so I, I think just with pure just comedy and goofiness and you had mentioned like all the the great moments that each character had especially Carlton mm-hmm. can't say enough great things about Carlton Alfonso Ribeiro and the the moves that he has and this yes. was pre his Tom Jones dance this is like the beta version of <laughs> yeah of the Carlton dance right here I uh, I think I think it's a good one when you said Oprah I'm like oh yeah yeah I definitely I definitely like I, I don't I. I, I have like the beats in my head, so yeah. I'm glad you kind of went through that. I'm like, yes, hmm, yep, I remember. This is one of those shows where if somebody recounts an episode to you, you're like, oh, yeah, 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 that it was yep. that episode. That's absolutely that made. so. So I think as far as having an essential list and having a more well-rounded essential list, I think this definitely fits. So I'm sorry to say, Jeremy, I'm not using oh? a veto.
0: No, it's okay. It's good. Um, (laughs) I was, I just I was, I've never been more ready. Yeah. Because sometimes you get that veto and then it's like, all right, well, being true, where do I go that I really feel is essential? Like, you got to be ready for that. But this one, it's like, you know, you can keep vetoing and I'm like, we're going to find one eventually you're going to accept, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, um... It, it, and still, you're right, and that's I thought the same thing. And for people who don't know, we don't give our answers like we unveil them when we're recording. Mm-hmm. But I had the same thing of like, this is one of the funniest shows ever, and they do a great job of giving real lessons, real issues, and talking about them. But it's also like let's highlight, and we've I think we've done that throughout the episode. But like just something that's so funny, and it still does have a nugget because I think where this is season three and say this episode season one it's not as much of a stretch if they're like, Yeah, Will can't you know, only the uh intermediate family. Mm-hmm. But at this point, Will's part of the family. And I think that's what I kinda like about the episode. And this is where Uncle Phil was kinda wrong because at this point it's like he's part of family. You know he's part of your family now. He's a stat he's been there and it's like, come on, like you should fight, and it's almost like, well, are you embarrassed by Will still a little bit, or you're not? You're not fighting for him in this way, like you should, because yeah. he's part of family, or because you know, because he the Uncle Phil
1: still cares about appearances,
0: yeah, because for society, how
1: high society views him, I and mean, he is running for office, mm-hmm. right? He's running at this point. He's running for judge.
0: Yeah, that's why he's on yeah. the show. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's yep. like you know, politicians running for office and their families. Yeah. That's like the theme of the Oprah episode. That's why they get on. Right. So it was kind of like, yeah, man, I like that lesson of like, come on. Like, that That was bad on – on all, even on Viv, too. Like, that was bad on all their parts, like Phil and Viv, but definitely Phil because he was the one being like, just tell them, not a big deal. But, like, it is a big deal. And you see how excited Will is. And that's why I think it's the funny part is – it keeps building, like <laughs> to where it's like, oh, I'll tell him, and then Will just like gives like another. I'm so appreciative, and I'm just so excited to be here. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, it's getting harder and harder to drop this bomb on him. So I just think um, it, it, it was like, still a little bit of a lesson in there too, and like you said about what our appearances and all like getting caught up mm-hmm. in that. But um, it's just a hilarious episode. It's a great one. So uh, yeah, I the yeah, Oprah.
1: I agree. This is this is like the Will Smith who I wish we would see more and maybe I mean he's cuz he's older and maybe this isn't as much part of his personality anymore just to be like straight up goofy. And I know he's done comedies over the years, but this 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 pure goofiness and like childlike rela- relatability in a sense is something that I do miss with Will Smith. This is a good episode that highlights that mm-hmm. as well. But does that make sense as far yeah. as like? Because I know Will Smith, he can be funny. We've seen him in funny moments throughout the years recently, but I just still kind of miss like a reminder of why Will Smith popped with people in the first place.
0: Yeah, and and I feel like that that's been lost, and for a like, lot, I think that definitely part of it. You do get older and everything, mm-hmm. and it, you become. He went on such a meteoric rise, like, toward the end of this show, and then we know what happened afterwards, where he was just, he was Mr., he was the number one box office star yeah. for a while, Mr. Mister Bankable, you know, like, yeah. you know, with Will Smith's in it, it's going to be a financial hit for a movie. And he had that run for a long time. So yeah. it was an impressive career, acting-wise. And I think, you know, we he, he saw someone grow from a, a star, like a niche hip-hop star, to a TV star, to a movie star, to iconic, really, you know what I mean. Yeah. So that's a lot of pressure. To be fair to him, but I just feel like he's been he's put himself and he's been put in bad situations, and he's forgotten what that core is. Yeah,
1: and it's almost like there's a veneer. Yeah, with him now, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's kind of interesting. But this, yeah, Jeremy, this was a good one. A Night at the Oprah. and yeah. This is a lot, um, a lot goofier, and I think probably a better <laughs> episode than maybe one one that I had in the chamber. Uh, yeah, which, which it was that? a blood is thicker than mud, which okay they were, they were doing the um, Car- Will and Carlton were rushing. Um, it was mm-hmm. rush week at the University of Los Angeles, and they were going to pledge the Phi Beta Gamma fraternity, and that has to do with like identity and and um yeah. as far as Carlton like Glenn Plummer – is a, mm-hmm. uh, a guest star in that, and he doesn't think basically Carlton's black enough mm-hmm. to be in the fraternity. And so that yep. deals with the whole and Carlton has a, Alfonso Ribeiro has a great um, short speech at the end of the episode. Um, there were a lot of funny moments, but to, but that was also another one where it's like kind of a really heavy kind of yeah. topic for, you know, so I think having like a night at the Oprah probably rounds it out better than, and Blood is Thicker Than Mud is like one of the most memorable episodes to me. And so that's why that was on my short list. But I think you did a good job of like rounding it out with this one.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and I appreciate that because it's like um, the mindset I have going into it, like I always say is, Alien from Mars doesn't know Fresh Prince. They come down. What are some of the episodes? And I definitely want them to get the way they balance some topics some serious topics with humor but i also wanted to know like people love this show because it's so funny and people can watch it 20 times 50 and they still will crack up and a lot of these things don't get old and getting prepped for this episode and talking with you i'm still smiling and laughing <laughs> like i did back in the 90s when i first saw it like and and that's kudos to you know great tv shows but this is a great show that needs to be higher when you see greatest sitcoms or greatest TV shows. It needs to be even higher than what I'm seeing because this this was a real um a real accomplishment in television history.
1: I agree. I agree. Great choice. Great choice for a topic, man. This was yeah, this man. Was great.
0: Nah, no, de- definitely. Thank you. Thank you. So, just to recap, we have the pilot episode. Papa's got a brand new excuse. That's No Lady, That's My Cousin, Bank Shots, and A Night at the Opera. So, I mean, and we, you know, I just, I figured I wanted to ask you this, though. What's um, What are just some funny, not even episode. I mean, it could be, but, like, some just funny moments for you. Because, like, there's so many just, I had to break it down where, like, there's stuff that, like, I thought of moments, but, I'm like, the overall episode doesn't hit. But I still had some classic yeah. moments. So, I just wanted to know, what were some, like, just funny scenes, funny moments that didn't make the cut? for
1: you yeah one that always sticks out to me for some reason is when will when ashley's being bullied and will teaches her she's basically will's showing ashley how to be crazy so like you gotta like gotta like have like a tick you gotta act like you got this tick right (laughs) like the army did this
2: experiment on you right that just went terribly wrong you're like back up back up mind your business that's all mind your business (laughs) Mind your business, that's all, just mind
1: your business. So that whole sequence with Will showing Ashley, like, what do you do with a bully? And then Ashley's, like, using it at school, and it comes across as just very awkward and and ridiculous and stuff. So that whole dynamic between Will and Ashley, but that was just, like, really funny to me. And the, the the way Will says that and he's able to make his voice go high and say like, mind your business. All right. Just, just mind, mind your business. business. Yeah. So I love that. Uh, I love every time Will says, you know, what I'm saying and he like tries to high five someone and then he doesn't get a high five. And then he turns to someone else. is like, you know, him. like he, like he's just trying to, he like gets, gets, uh, people don't high five him and he's just trying to like, Will's so impressed with the joke that he made that he's trying to get other people to right. like high five him. And he's not. So like every time Will does that, uh, uh, I just love that or when whenever Carlton squeals when he's excited just, just about anything it always gets me just uh, Carlton's excitement just Carl just Carlton being un unapologetically himself in general but like when yeah. he gets excited about anything and you could just see that I I I love it so that's just like a handful of like classic kind of Fresh Prince things that stand out to me what about you
0: um I think about when Belle Biv DeVoe, which is a blast from the past for some people. Yeah. But when they guest star, and you know, uh, Phil and, and Vivian go away for the weekend, and then Carlton winds up renting out the house so Belle Biv DeVoe can film a music video. And when Will and his friend, he came on a couple, I think his name was like T or Todd, like that friend who came on in the early like seasons, like a couple episodes. When they see Bell Biv DeVoe and they start freaking out.
2: And Action! Oh, oh, man. What's, up, oh, man. what's up? Can you excuse me please we're, we're trying to do a video here if you don't mind?
0: Okay? Hi Ron, hi Ricky, hi Michael. <laughs> How are you guys doing? What's up, Hillary Sha? And then when they're starting to shoot the video and how they're, like, trying to dance onto the video yes. and, like, the director keeps calling cut, cut, cut. Like, that's one of the funniest scenes, just yep. seeing them, like, break it down. Like, that always cracks me up. And um, maybe one of the times, you know, I didn't even say this to my, my own brother, but, like, one of the bonding moments that we had growing up and one of the times we laughed the hardest was season six. We watched it live, but you know viva lost wages when will and carlton are in las vegas and when they do the dance you know with will and Bugalo shrimp and then do 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 and tango jump off and then like will winds up tossing carlton off the stage like we cracked up and so hard and whenever i hear that song at a wedding another pop culture thing that people don't talk about we all know what to do from that fresh prince episode in my mm-hmm. opinion we're all doing that. One of the coolest clips, and this may be like the last. I hate this sounds mean. Cool Will Smith things is uh, the Graham Norton show in the BBC, like that late night show. Yep. And like we, I don't know if you saw it when Will's on panel with his son Bradley Cooper, and all of a sudden they start like rapping Will and Jaden Smith. And then DJ Jazzy Jeff's there, scratching. And then all of a sudden, they kick it to Alfonso there And yep. they start doing the Carlton dance and then doing the dance. Like, one of the best moments, like, you know, a viral YouTube moment. But it was so cool, so yeah. awesome. And it's like, man, like, they're over in uh, England. And everyone knew what to do. Exactly. And I'm like, this show is just global.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's, And then uh, that, that, that clip was so fun just to see Will Smith, like, genuinely... Yeah, go back to his roots and just have joy with in in him. You know, yeah, yeah.
0: And uh, you know, it's funny because I'm talking. We did the Eddie, you know, essential Eddie Murphy movies, and I think in a way now they're kind of they're similar to this, which is like you know they're trying to progress, and they you know they did those things back when they were young and they rose up, and I feel like they're trying to be like, hey, I'm older, and I I can understand that or empathize as an artist. Hey, you have other ranges you want to do other things I don't want to be pigeonholed but I think also there's sometimes like you got to give the people what they want to an extent and even if you're doing different role but this is why people connect with you so like Eddie Murphy for so long didn't talk about SNL and wouldn't go back to Saturday Night Live and wouldn't do interviews about like the 80s and all those and it was like cool in recent times to see him host SNL to go back to the 40th to be on comedians and cars getting coffee and talking with Jerry about the early days of stand up. It's like, yeah, this is why people love you, Eddie. Yep. And I feel like Will needs that. Like, talk about like more like with Fresh Prince. Talk about like all these different things. Like, this is why people love you and like people need to see that. Like, and I feel yeah. like they're both kind of have that in a way.
1: How would you feel if Will Smith, I don't know, did some sort of performance, Grammys? I don't just, I don't know what context. But how would you feel seeing him and DJ Jazzy Jeff perform like parents just don't understand?
0: I would love it, Or man. something like that.
1: Like that would just be a rush of like nostalgia and like good feelings to me.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I it would just bring so much like just good stuff, good feelings and and it's like that's what we want to hear cuz like also, you know, we're doing we love podcasting, love listening to po- and I know Will did have like an Audible you know, class of 88 one about like that year for hip hop, which wasn't bad. I listened to a couple episodes, but one thing I love, and I think that's why I love hearing about the past through this medium, is right now we things are covered so much. Let's be real, right? When that slap happened with Will Smith and Chris Rock. It was everywhere, all over the world, Twitter, different Mm -hmm. podcast. I stayed up all night, new pod, emergency pod, the slap, everyone was talking about it, which, okay, I get it. Like, we have all these outlets now. But back then, we didn't. So there's a lot of stories, a lot of things that people still don't know, and we want to hear, especially from beloved icons like Will Smith, and it's like, I would love to hear that. I'd love to see that or even let's talk about the making of parents Will understand or the making of yes, summertime
1: absolutely. like
0: let's hear about those things. These are iconic songs we want to hear about it.
1: One hundred percent you
0: know, so nah man this is uh this is such a fun episode to do man i'm 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 glad we you know got to do this and and give ourselves and hopefully the listeners a reminder about why we love Will Smith and why he became a household name for all of us. Indeed. So, Thomas, do you want to talk about what's coming up next?
1: Yeah. So, next week, uh, so Jeremy and I, so a little behind the scenes, like pull back the curtain. So, we, you know, we're in contact. We'll text each other, email each other, just kind of ideas for topics. And so, sometimes he'll bring something up or I'll bring something up that's important to me or important to him. But the other one's maybe less familiar. So, we decided... Why not turn that concept into an episode? So we're going to break format just a little bit next episode, and we're going to do what we call pop culture blind spots. So it's something this week, it's something that is really important to me that I'm really passionate about. Deremy not necessarily dislikes it, but it just doesn't have the same familiarity as me, so it's my chance to introduce Deremy something really important to me and then he'll have a chance well this is something that we're planning on doing periodically right so the first rendition of pop culture blind spots is radiohead radiohead's my favorite band of all time uh deremy we'll get into his familiarity next week about it we're going to do all that but i'm going to be introducing radiohead to deremy in uh, our first installment of pop culture blind spots That'll be fun for me to talk about a band that's really important to me to kind of share some songs with Jeremy, give Jeremy some homework yeah <laughs> some songs to listen to uh, so so that'll be a good one Deremy, I'm excited about pop culture blind spots.
0: I'm really pumped for it. Um, I, like you said it, it was one of those things we talked about and we came up with the idea and it's cool because I think that's a lot of stuff with pop culture in general where a lot of us no one can be truly universal. So there's a lot of things that we are big fans of and we know because we both love pop culture. But there are things that, yes, we've heard of. Maybe we heard of a song or we watched an episode or saw one movie or part of a movie, but we really don't know about it. And for whatever different reasons or whatever the case may be, and it's like, hey, sometimes I think we all could use this. We all could maybe need that that person to be like, hey, let me give you a little crash course yeah. in why I like this and also why so many people do like this and you know it's important to be open-minded and being like okay yeah I see I I see where it's coming or to be like hey maybe yeah I I respect it but it's not for me but I see where you're coming from so it's kind of like cool to kind of like do that and kind of also you the viewers or listeners are getting to see us and hear about us and hear more about our past and why or why not we don't know something and why or why not? We love this topic, so I think it's going to be really fun, Thomas.
1: Now I'm excited about this, and then at some point down the line again, then you can introduce something to me, and then mm-hmm. yeah, this will this will be good stuff. We're uh, we're we're being more well rounded, I guess, in our pop culture. Yeah. We're trying to be, so this will be great, Jeremy.
0: Absolutely, man. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. So for the DJ, Jet or you know what? No. No. For the Uncle Phil, to my will, Thomas Senna, Uncle Phil, me, Will. I'm Jeremy Dove. Thank you guys for listening to the Pop Culture 5 podcast. Take care.
2: Got some such.